Welcome. You're about to listen to a teaching of the Foursquare Gospel Church, VGC District. At Foursquare, we believe in the transformation of communities through the multiplication of disciples, leaders, churches, and movements. May your hearts be blessed and transformed as you listen. Come into your presence to worship you. We thank you for the privilege of your word. We thank you for the help of the Holy Spirit that gives flesh, that makes the world flesh in our hearts, that gives us insight, understanding, and divine illumination. Father, by reason of your word this morning, our lives will not remain the same. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. Good morning, everyone. Uh, I want to welcome everybody to church, including our brethren who are worshiping virtually. We pray and trust that God Almighty will meet all of us at the point of our needs. And I'll be speaking this morning to all of us on a topic made of more. Made of more. And I trust that God Almighty will drop one or two things in our hearts that will bring about a definite transformation. There will be a mind shift that will lead to a shift in the way we handle spiritual commitment made of more. Most times what we see is a shadow of what is. The person you see is not the person that is. Because the person that you don't know is capable of greater things than you have seen the person manifest. Many times we fail to realize the capacity, the deposit of divine grace in our lives. But today I, I trust that God Almighty is going to give us a push into a greater level in terms of our commitment to him. We go back to our underlying scripture for the bigger theme, which is advanced. In Deuteronomy and chapter 1, I'll read verse 3 and verse 6. Verse 3 says, In the fourth year, on the first day of the eleventh month, Moses proclaimed to the Israelites all that the Lord God had commanded him concerning them. So it wasn't Moses speaking. It was Moses speaking the mind of God to the children of Israel. So Moses was more like a conduit. He was like the amplifier of God's voice to the people. And what was God's command? In verse 6, The Lord our God said unto us at Oreb, You have stayed long enough at this mountain. I brought you to this mountain, but I didn't bring you here to die here. I brought you thus far, but I didn't bring you thus far for you to remain where you are. But it appears you are getting too comfortable to be in church. You are getting too comfortable doing the little that you you can. But God was telling them indirectly that they were capable 
of more. God was telling them, as God is telling us today, that you are made of more. Hallelujah. And what was God's specific word? He said, break camp. And what? And advance. God told them to advance because he knew that they were made of more. God is bringing that same injunction to all of us because he knows that individually and collectively, we are made of more. I'm talking to those who are not involved, and I'm talking to those who are already involved. There's a difference between a car, a Mercedes-Benz, or a Rolls-Royce that is sitting pretty in a garage, and another that is going at 20 kilometers per hour. Meanwhile, the design of the manufacturer is for this car to be able to do 200 kilometers per hour. So some are sitting pretty, becoming a showpiece. While some are going at 20 kilometers per hour, and they are looking at the one that is parked and saying, at least I am moving. But what is God saying? Bro, I know you are moving, but can you do more? The answer to that very simple question is yes. Break camp and advance into the hill country of the Amorites. Go to all the neighboring peoples in the Arabia, in the mountains, in the western foothills, in the Negev, and along the coast to the land of the Canaanites and to, can, can you see what God was asking them to do? All the places God wants them to go to. God will not demand from you what he has not already delivered to you. Sila. God will not demand from you what he has not already given you. There are incredible resources in this church. Incredible, humongous. And when God looks down, he touched the heart of the senior pastor and said, Tell these people that they are made of more. I know you love seeing them every Sunday, looking beautiful, looking very radiant, doing the little that they can do. But tell them that there is more. And we're talking to all, all of us. In Joshua chapter 1 verse 11, God said, go through the camp and tell the people, it is God always speaking. God always speaking through his people. When I went to Ajebo on um, Thursday for the orientation program, I sat at the next meeting where I was um, required to present a report about the scholarship committee. As I sat, a man stood up to give a charge or give the word. When this man came up, I don't even know him. When he came up, he opened the Bible and he preached from Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 6. I looked and I said, is this man from VGC? 
No. So God took me there to reconfirm and reestablish the emphasis that the people in the church need to advance. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, the Bible says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be witnesses of me in where? In where? In Jerusalem. In, Ju in all Judea. And Samaria. And where? And on to the ends of the earth. God is always on the move. Now from all these scriptures, we can make some certain deductions. And I'll give you some nuggets. If you can write, please write. Number one. Is that God is interested in progress. He wants it. He commands it. And we cannot afford to remain where we are. God is interested in progress. Number two is that not to advance will cause complacency and create a false sense of security and spirituality. Not to advance will cause or create complacency and a false sense of security and spirituality. A lot of people think that by coming to church, they are spiritual. Your coming to church is not spirituality. Because church is a training ground to deposit divine virtues in you for you to go into the world and touch the world. Or for you to identify the things that you can collaborate with the church on to bring what? Transformation to the world. So it's not a place where you dress up, go, sit down, feel comfortable, enjoy service, then you go. End of story. Oh. And that is why we say it creates a false sense of security and spirituality. You are not spiritual by coming to church. At best, you create an opportunity for God to impart you. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, the Bible says, that was Paul speaking. He said, I have fought a good fight. He said, I have finished my course. And I have kept the faith. What can we deduce from that? Another nugget. You cannot finish your course if you are not advancing. You can't. Because at the end of the day, God will ask you, what I placed upon your life. You know, the Bible told that God told Jeremiah, he said, before you were born, I knew you. Not only did I know you, I called you as a prophet to the nation before you were born. So nobody should sit here pretty and say, well, after all, I'm not a pastor. But before you were born, he called you. Whether you're a pastor or not, there's a calling of God sitting on your life. And you cannot finish that call because you will be judged on the basis of that call when you come face to face with God. And that's why you need to realize it and do what? And begin to run so that you can finish. If you're going to Abuja and you have not left... You are supposed to get to Abuja before the end of today. And at 12 noon, you are still shopping in ShopRite. The question is, when will you arrive? By the time night falls, probably you'll be at Ogbomosho. 
Meanwhile, God is waiting for you in Abuja. You know all the excuses? We are all very good in giving. God will not hear excuses. For you to finish, you must advance. Number, number four nugget, you do not have forever to finish your course. You don't have forever. You know, at times, some of us, the way we, we sit back and allow things to just flow, you take life easy. And I'm not saying don't take life easy. But when you were coming to this world, you were allocated or allotted a time. So whatever God has placed on your life to do, you don't have forever to do it. You don't have forever. And because we know that people, people die on a daily basis. Hmm. There is a specific time allotted to the course assigned to you by God before you were born. The question is, by the time you are going home, or by the time you are dying, would you have finished your course? You are, you are 30. 30 years of your life is gone. Every day you spend brings you closer to the grave. Whether you realize it or not. I reject it in Jesus' name. It's not my portion. I, ah, it's okay. When you eventually die, you know, death is not something we, are, we always want to talk about because we are always rejecting it. It's okay. A time will come when you can't reject it. Unless Jesus comes. Nugget number five, we must live each day with purpose and a sense of urgency. So that brings us back to the issue of we can't just take life, Jelenke. You know, you know, other people, you know how we, we, we get sucked into life and we leave the important things unattended to because we are running the rat race. I want to build a bigger house than my colleagues. I want to buy a bigger car. Which, and there is nothing wrong in that too. Provided you are all, all also keyed in to what God has called you to do. The whole essence of building a bigger house may be to be, be able to bring in so many people, provide shelter to people, or be able to carry many more people in your car to reflect God's glory and all that. I don't have a problem with that. But the question is, are you keyed in to the divine agenda? Now, look at James. Chapter 4, verse 14. It says, Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow? For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then what? Vanishes away. You see, when we think about all this, our perspective will change. We will begin to ask ourselves, what am I here for? You know, anytime I remember the story of the young man who was on his way to the airport and he got a call. Oh, I have a project. Come and see what I'm doing. And the man made a detour and never lived to tell the story. It shows you how 
vapor-like life is. People who have made plans about tomorrow. The Lord will help us. I'm going to talk about four major things. And I trust that God will help us. Number one is kingdom involvement. We'll talk about kingdom investment. We'll talk about kingdom impact. Then we'll round it up with kingdom increase. When we talk about kingdom involvement, we are talking about the need for all of us to be involved in kingdom matters. And like I said, a lot of people are content to just come and sit. We are happy to have you in church. We are happy to see you. We are glad that you came. We are glad that you normally log in online every Sunday and every Wednesday. We are happy to see you. But my brother, my sister, you are made of more. You are made of more. And I'm going to make a case for personal involvement. I'll just take one scripture or two. In the book of Luke chapter 2, verse 49, because somebody may say, hey, why, why must I? There are so many other people. Jesus said, and he said to his parents or to them, how is it, in King James, how is it that you sought me? Why are you looking for me? Wish you not that I must be about my father's business? Don't you know that for this purpose was I born? Don't you know that I must be about my father's business? The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 12 verse 11, the Bible says, not slothful in business, but what? But fervent in what? In spirit, serving the Lord. Those who are serving God are not, are not lesser mortals. Or probably people who are not busy. Or people who don't have something to do. You that have something to do, what is the proof of it? You think we are jobless people? We are not busy? We don't want to go into the things that make up our day in terms of busyness. But somebody said, we always create time to do what is important. You know how people say, I don't have time, I don't have time, I'm busy, I don't have time, I'm busy, I don't have time. One day, you will come face to face with the owner of time. And the owner of time will show you people who are busier than you and who impacted their world. What will your defense be? Because there will be no lawyer to plead your case. The Lord is asking us to advance because he knows that we are capable of doing more. If you go through the book of Judges from verse 11 to verse 16, the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and he called him, Almighty man of valor. And Gideon looked around and said, Who is the mighty man of valor? He can, he, definitely, you are not talking about me. And the angel gave him assignment and said, 
You will do this. You will deliver the children of Israel from the Midianites. And Gideon obeyed. But guess what? Gideon was an extra was an ordinary person with extraordinary latent, unrealized, or unused capacity. He was an ordinary man with an extraordinary capacity, but he didn't know. The angel of God had to come and tell him, you are made of more. In this church, there are people who are, there are Gideonites in this church. People who are deliverers of nations. People who can single-handedly buy the land that the church wants to buy, but are holding back. People who can mentor young people and give them hope in life, but they are not involved. In this church are supreme teachers who can divide the word of God line upon line, precept upon precept, but they are holding back. There are evangelists in this church who only come and go. God is telling you, it is time to advance. Remember the story of Moses? Moses was just keeping shepherd in the wilderness until God appeared to him. And said, look, I want to send you to Pharaoh. What, what, what? Yeah, no, 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 don't send me because I don't have it. He who created him, that knew what he had, was calling him to an assignment and he was arguing with God. Are you here? You are arguing with God and telling him, no, I don't have time. No, I can't do it. No, 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 you know I'm not eloquent. You know I'm a Samara. Did Moses do it or not? Eh? He did it. There are many Moseses in this house who have been arguing with God. Telling God that they are not, they are, they are, they are, they are you know, you know, I don't have the talent. You know, I can't do it. You know, I, nobody knows me. You know, I don't know them. You, bro, all those are excuses. Oh, somebody plays softly on that kid up here. All those are excuses. Because you are made of more. If I have ever taught, if I have ever preached in my life and you were blessed, it was because one day I was sitting down in church on campus in 1991. And the pastor of the church looked at me because he had interacted with me before. I was in 100 level as a law student. The man said, wrote to me, you will teach Sunday school. Next I said, me, teach. No, I cannot teach you. Because I, I, I was a very shy person, a shy teenager. I hadn't taught before in my life. I, even though I had given my life to Christ. It was okay for me to just come and sit down. He said, you are teaching Sunday school next week. I said, me, I can't even face people. But guess what? I took up that challenge. And as I carried my Sunday school manual on campus, and people would sit in front of me, a group of people, I would just be looking down and I will be teaching. I will be looking down and I will be teaching. The moment I lift up my, my, my face and somebody looks at me and I look at the person, Nepal will take life for about 10-15 seconds. So I'll keep quiet. After I recover myself, I'll continue. I'll continue. 
But for me, that was the beginning of miracles. You have to advance for God to bless you. When God asks you to advance, it is like a man holding gifts and asking a little child, come. And the child is saying, no, I don't have clothes. I don't have money. I'm very busy. I'm not in the right frame of mind. In fact, I have issues. And the man says, I know you have issues. Come. Oh, no, 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 no. You know, I have so many things to do. You know, in that church, you know, bro, come. And I know that somebody in this house today is hearing that voice come. When that child takes that step, everything that he needs is with me. But you need to take the first step. So if you are here, you are not involved for whatever reason. God has not called perfect people. All of us have issues. I have my own. But despite our challenges, despite our issues, we can still come. And as we work with him, he helps us. We get better. He uses us and he blesses us. We may not be in Abuja right now, but we are close to Abuja. Why some people are still sitting in Suruleri, in Leki? There is a time allotted to every man's destiny. The earlier we start, the better. Oh, Gideon Knight in the church, come. Number two, kingdom investment. If we look at Matthew chapter 24 from verse 14, we read the story of the talents. In NIV or in my Bible, NIV, the subheading of that parable is a parable of the bags of gold. God gave them talents, or the man gave them talents, and he went. But he came back and demanded for them to account. The Bible says the one who made who was giving five made five more. The one who was giving two made two more. The one who was giving one did what? He did what? He buried it. Where do you fall in this story? And from this story, we can deduce, number one, that kingdom investment is required. Number two, because of our time, kingdom investment is deliberate. You must be deliberate about it. The kingdom is about business. The kingdom business. The business of saving souls. The business of impacting lives. The business of spending and being spent. This one life that we have, we must spend and be spent. We must die empty. We must be able to say like Paul, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my fight. Kingdom investment is relative. So we cannot compare ourselves. Oh, that man gave 100 million. Me, I don't have 100 million. Eh, eh, they are rich people. Me, I'm not rich. 
bro? Did you not read in your Bible where Jesus said, the woman who gave two copper coins gave more than the rest? It is not about quantum. It's about the heart in what you have given. The one who has 100 million, bring. The one who has 1,000, bring. So kingdom investment is relative. But they will not be saying do something in church and your name will not be there. God forbid. God forbid. You must never eliminate yourself when God creates an opportunity to be blessed. Kingdom investment yields returns. Kingdom investment is judged. And finally, kingdom investment is rewarded. You have it in the message outline. Go there and look at it. I just want to encourage all of us that even if you have been an investor in the kingdom, there is still room for more. There is still room for more. Oh, but I've been giving. I gave them. Um, I gave one billion on that project um, two years ago. I think I have, bro. You are made of more. You are made of more. Somebody said that the biggest room in the world is a room for improvement. We can do more. That is how we advance in kingdom matters. And we can see in the scriptures how Nehemiah was initially a cupbearer. But as a result of his work with God, a cupbearer evolved into becoming a national leader. David was a shepherd. But because he knew that the capacity that he had was more, he allowed God to use him. David eventually became the leader of the nation of Israel. What then can we say about Joseph, who was once a servant and was doing the little he could do? He was active. He was involved. But God said to him, Bro, you are made of more. A servant in the house of Potiphar eventually evolved into becoming the prime minister in a foreign land. Bro, you are made of more. We can tell God, God, but I've been giving. Hey, God, I've been doing this. God, I've been doing that. God, I, yeah. And I thank God for your life. For all the people who have been laboring. God will bless you. God will honor you. But you are made of more. You are made of more. There is more. If there was no more capacity in you, you would not demand it. How much does a man need to live? How much will a man carry to heaven? When I give people at times, I ask myself, are you okay? I ask myself, are you okay? Then the counter argument in my mind is, nobody will die carrying one penny to heaven. You want to make a provision. You want to do this. You want to do that for your children. Your children, children. Your children, 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 children. God will help us. Kingdom impact. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18, the Bible says, For the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. In Matthew chapter 5, from verse 13, the Bible says, You are the salt of the earth. In verse 14, it says, you are the light of the world. 
need to advance into another level of kingdom impact. This is the area where we begin to impact our communities, where we begin to impact our nation, where we begin to impact generations. This is a time when we begin to look beyond ourselves and our families and what our children will live on and what they will not live on. And that's because the hope of Nigeria is a church. The power we carry, the virtues that we have, the values that we are espoused to, the grace that we carry, Muslims don't have it. Traditional worshippers don't have it. Only the church has it. So we need to begin to look beyond VGC. Begin to look beyond Aja. Begin to look beyond Lekki. Begin to look beyond the island. And begin to look at the world. How do we influence policies in Nigeria? How do we mentor business leaders, policy makers, and politicians of this world? Miles Monroe was facilitating many, many seminars to teach political leaders godly values. Somebody said, think local, act global. Can we begin to take steps? And guess what? It is not the senior pastor that will do it. It is you. You that knows all those politicians. You that knows all those policy makers. Can we begin to evolve a strategy to mentor them so that we can begin to influence change in Nigeria? We are talking about kingdom impact, capacity building, leadership development, mentoring programs, looking at young people all over the place, bringing them together and mentoring them. There are people I mentor every two weeks. Some of them I don't know where they are from. We just meet on Zoom. And when we meet, we begin to share values of leadership, building capacity in these young people. I, one, of the, one of those, I said, you, Mr. Gabriel, where are you based? He said, for Tarkot. I don't know what it looks like. There's another one says he's based in Wadi. Another one says he's based in Lagos. We need to begin to look beyond myself, I, and me, and my children, and my grandchildren, and begin to think kingdom generation impact, national impact, influencing change in a broken nation. How can we make this impact? Number one, we need to be intentional. When the pastor begins to come up with ideas, all of us need to be able to key in and not say, well, that, no, that's not for me. Well, that's for pastors. It's for the church. There are some of us who are technologically savvy, but you're sitting back and the church is struggling and you can fix it. You can point out the errors. Oh, they should have done this this way. They should have done that that way. And you're sitting back. Bro, you know those politicians. You know Dangote. You know some of these big people who make policies that affect the church, that affect your pocket. 
Instead of boasting and bragging and putting, doing selfies and putting on your essay platform, can you create an opportunity for them to be gathered together and invite somebody like Pastor Mentor or invite somebody like the senior pastor and say, please, come and minister to these people just for 10 minutes. That singular encounter can change the course of this nation. The senior pastor will not do it. All of us will do it. But we've got to be deliberate. We've got to stop playing church. We've got to stop having a form of godliness. We've got to understand true spirituality and kingdom mindset. And think intergenerationally. I don't know whether I'm making sense. Sorry, if somebody should give me feedback. Am I making sense at all? The Lord will help us. Number two, we need to seek and create opportunities to mentor policymakers. We need to seek and create opportunities to mentor them. Some of us know them. You know who they are. You know where they live. It is not enough for you to tell us, I know Dangote. I know this person. I know that person. Congratulations. But can you say, Mr. Dangote or Mr. Whoever, I would like you to have lunch with my senior pastor. You don't even need to say senior pastor. Can you, can you please have a lunch with one of my friends? Then you prepare the heart of the pastor. The pastor can come with one or two people. And we can have dinner. We can have coffee. And we can talk. And when such a man becomes born again, you can imagine the extent of impact that will make in Nigeria. It is not by accident that you know the people that you know. Let us use it for kingdom building. Number three, by speaking truth to power and not engaging in psychophancy. A lot of people do it. You have opportunity to tell people the truth about what they are doing. And you use emotional intelligence to sidestep the matter. And number four, by modeling godly character, integrity, kindness, humility. Modeling godly character in the world impacts the world. May we be known for integrity, not just because we come to church, but because that is our lifestyle. That is what we are known for. Finally, kingdom increase. We know that nobody engages with God in any venture and loses out. God is a rewarder. And I'm going to read a scripture in the message translation as we bring this to a close. God will bless you as you advance. Before you advance, everything you need, everything you are worried about, everything you are anxious about, they are with him. And that's why the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and, and every other thing shall be what? Shall be added. You do the advance. Then you meet everything that you need. In Malachi chapter 3, and I want, if you can project the message translation, please. Message translation. Malachi chapter 3. I'll read verse 17 and verse 18. Then we'll bring this to a close. And if there's anyone here who is not born again, we'll give you an opportunity at the end of the service. Now, message transition says, God of the angel, of the angel army said, they are mine, all mine. They will get what? They will get what? Special treatment. 
when I go into action, when God goes into action on your behalf, bro, he says you will get special treatment. Do you know what it means for God to give you special treatment? He says, I will give them special treatment when I go into action. I treat them with the same consideration and kindness that parents give the child who honors them. The Bible says, I have not seen. Here, I have not heard. Neither has it entered into the mind of man. The things which God has prepared for them who love him. How can we show God that we love him? Number one, by getting involved. Number two, by investing in the kingdom. Number three, by making impact in the kingdom. Then every other thing will be added. If you're a Gideon in this church, God is calling you. Please respond. If you're already doing something, you're already involved, and you're saying, well, it's not me they are talking about. They are talking to people who are not doing anything. God is talking to you too. Because there is room for more. Because you are made of more. Let us pray. Let us pray. I want you to talk to God. Say, God, use me. Lord, you, I, I have only one life. The Bible calls that one life like a vapor. God, this one life, let me spend and be spent. God, show me what more I should be doing. God, show me more. What more I need to give? In terms of time, in terms of talent, in terms of treasure. God does not owe any man. The Bible says, what do we have that we have not been given? God owns you, including everything that we have in our pockets and in our banks. God, show me. God, I say yes. I say yes. Oh, yes. To your will and to your will. I say yes. Oh, yes. I will trust you. You are here in the church, you are not born again. The very first yes God wants from you is yes to come into the kingdom. You cannot advance without Him calling you. And He's calling you today. If you hear His voice, open your heart. If you want to give your life to Christ, that is the starting point of every other thing. I want you to please put your hand on your chest and invite Jesus. And I'm going to pray with you. Put your right hand on your chest. If you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, you've been running. You know if the trumpet should sound today, you will miss it. You will not go, you'll be grounded. You will not go to heaven. Please put your hand on your chest and ask God to help you. And I'm going to pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my brother and my sister. I pray in the name of Jesus you will save them as you have called them unto salvation. 
And I want you to repeat this prayer after me from your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me. I confess you are the Son of God. Today I come. I say, yes, please receive me. Make me your home. I receive you as my Lord and my personal Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. I say yes. Oh, Lord, to your will and to.